Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sounds Around Town. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner, and today's episode is Sounds Around Town, featuring City Clerk Treasurer Richard Aguirre. Sounds Around Town, just one segment of our Sound of Goshen. Check out our website, soundofgoshen.com, for the sound of the economy, the sound of service, and Sounds Around Town. Again, I'm your host, Vince Turner. And Richard, welcome. Uh, it is. It hardly seems like it's been a year since uh, you became the city clerk treasurer, but oh my goodness, how time goes by. I agree with you. It, it is amazing it's been a year, but it's been a good year. It's been a fulfilling year, and I think it's been a great year for Goshen. Good. I want to, I want to take a little bit of a step back. Um, your name is certainly familiar, and mm. you've worn several different hats mm-hmm. uh, while being here in the Goshen community. But let, let's just kind of start with when you came to Goshen, the, the hats you have worn, the mm. things you have done, uh, both at Goshen College and in journalism and in community activity. Tell us a little bit about Richard. Well, I grew up in Southern California from parents who moved to California from Texas, uh, like many Americans, like many people in this country, moving one, from one place to another to seek a better life. My dad was a carpenter. My mom was a factory worker. And uh, it was through that background with seven brothers and sisters that I was able to get a great education, go to college, and pursue my ambition to be a journalist. I grew up in an era in the 1960s and 1970s where there was a lot happening in this country where I think journalism uh, was playing a critical role in not only informing communities about what was going on, but also in trying to hold government accountable and other institutions accountable. Um, so that was my ambition. It, it helped that there was a guy who lived down the street who was a newspaper reporter. And I used to wait outside the home um, to get the paper. I had seven, uh, six brothers and sisters. Everybody wanted a piece of the paper. Some wanted the sports section. Some wanted the, the funnies. <laughs> I wanted to see the news. Hmm. And I really was just intrigued by this thing that came into your house every day that provided a window on what's going on in the world. Hmm. And uh, that I'd seen like an exciting thing to do to be a journalist. Well, that's how I grew up. The Los Angeles Times and the Los Angeles Herald Examiner. I used to read uh, those too. You know, and uh, that's how small the world is. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California and became a journalist. So so you and I both, uh, just kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail here, uh, during this last week, you and I both remember this name, Vin Scully. Oh, Boy, talk about the ability to paint word pictures. And I was one of those uh, people who I think a lot of baseball fans in other parts of the country would wonder about because I would go to a baseball game in Dodger Stadium and I would have a little radio with headphones, (laughs) old-fashioned headphones, and I would listen to the game and and some people, especially relatives Mm. in other parts of the country, would say, how can you go to a game and listening to the radio? Well, he painted a picture of that game that was so vivid, but actually seeing it, as he described it, was like an immersive experience. Mm-hmm. He had such a distinctive voice, but he had, I think, a basic humanity of understanding that baseball could encompass more than just a sport. It could encompass life and give you a window on life mm-hmm. by by providing a fuller picture. Well, of, and I think what his like. I think his Brooklyn background and his immigrant uh-huh. background probably helped him paint those life stories Absolutely. as well. And uh, one other uh, trip down the rabbit trail, even though you did do mostly news, and and I have already confessed I was attracted to the sports pages, 
but a terrific journalist, Jim Murray. Oh, uh, my gosh. A columnist, a sports columnist there. So he, he, you learn how to write by reading Among Jim. his most fa- famous columns was one he wrote about the death of his wife and when he lost uh, sight in one eye, mm-hmm. and the headline was, Old Blue Eye is Back. <laughs> um, he was an yeah. amazing writer. He was terrific. So what brought you to Goshen, Indiana? Well, I spent 26 years as a journalist in Texas, California, Oregon, and I was a point in my life where... I was seeing journalism going in a way that is is partly due to the internet, uh, was continuing to scale back and trying to do more and more with less and less. And after 26 years of trying to cover things right down the line, um, I decided I wanted to pursue more of my passion for causes. Uh, and so my wife had grown up in Goshen, graduated from Goshen College, and there was an opening at Goshen College uh, for director of public relations, later um, it ended up being communications and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like a fantastic opportunity to be in the side of promoting something as opposed to just covering things down the middle. Uh, and like I say, Goshen College is a fabulous institution that's done so much good for the world, so much good for this community. And to be associated with that institution for 15 years was just wonderful experience well and you jumped into the fire uh, so to speak because right? you came to the community at a time when our hispanic culture was beginning to expand um our our hispanic migration was beginning to expand all of the issues and all of the opportunities that come with that were here and having grown up in southern california and having a Texas background and then coming here, I would imagine that gave you a pretty good base for you to see things that those of us who have grown up differently don't see. What I saw was the potential of the Latino population, which when I arrived, there was about 6% of their enrollment at Goshen College was mm-hmm. Latino. And I saw that the vision to better serve that community by bringing them into the college and providing this this world-class education um, not only would strengthen the college, but I knew because of some of the fundamental values of the Latino community that they would be find a receptive home at Goshen College and would strengthen that institution. And of course, they have. And the the student population now at Latino at Goshen College is is about twenty six, twenty seven percent. I've just learned that the incoming class is going to be about thirty nine percent Latino. Wow! And so these are kids who are not only wanting to further their uh, careers and their lives, and but they want to give back to the community. So unlike a lot of population groups, the Latino community, by and large, are staying here. Like 90% of the graduates of Ocean College who are Latinos are here, mm-hmm. and they're becoming nurses, teachers, social workers, business owners. They're investing back in the community to staying here. And that's what we need in Indiana, because Indiana, as you may know, sends more college graduates away than it keeps. Mm. And to strengthen our state to became, be, remain a vibrant place, we need to keep more of our college graduates. And, and to keep kids that you grow your own who know the values, know the place, know the benefits of living in Indiana, they'll stay here if they're educated here. Well, and so we want to educate them here. And it allows the college <laughs> to be a pace setter. You know, we're, at, we're at a point now where the last numbers I saw, um, 55% of the, the public school population right, right. now is Latino. And if we want them to stay, Absolutely. to go here to be in college, then Goshen College has to be ready for that influx. Absolutely. And from what you said, they are. They are, and they're doing very well. Good. And you have to take some credit for that, at least. Well, I, I think it was uh, an opportunity that 
former President Jim Brenneman had, this vision to pursue this grant, along with Shirley Showalter, his predecessor, set the stage for this growth. And I was just among others, like Gilberto Perez, our city council member, who's first Latino ever elected to the council, um, who recognized this vision and wanted to help ease the transition of that population change. And there's been some bumps along the way, but I'd say generally, it's not only benefited the college, but it's also benefited the students and in the entire institution uh, by becoming more multicultural and actually affirming the roots that it always had to, to reach out to the world. Mm -hmm. Richard, let me ask you about um, the transition now becoming city clerk treasurer, going from activist to being part of what some would call the system. Yeah. Um, how has that transition been for you? It's been a good one because I grew up in the era of seeing people who were very idealistic in seeking public office and always admired them. Uh, and I admired them from a distance as a journalist and, and one step removed from actually supporting them um, to thinking, what would it be like to serve the public? And it is public service, I think, is the highest calling that you can have. I think a lot of people are cynical about politics and about public service, but I'm not among them. I've voted in every election that I could ever vote in um, because I believe that by being involved as a citizen and exercising that right to vote, you can have an impact on improving your community. And to be an elected official, in this case, an appointed official, uh, allows me to do that. So, you know, my goal is to make government as efficient, transparent, and accessible as possible. And th those have been the goals that I've that I brought to the city, and I and joined an organization uh, that truly believes in the good of Goshen, mm -hmm. truly believes in reaching out to the community, and doing it in a how would I say this an empowering sort of way to people. Mm -hmm. If you go to our city council meeting, you would have trouble if you didn't know knowing who's a Republican and who's a Democrat, and that is the best kind of government where people don't wear their political labels on their shirts or on their shoulders, um, where you'll see council members wearing a Goshen City shirt, mm -hmm. and you won't tell who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. And that's a good thing. So the last six budgets that Jeremy Stutzman has proposed have been unanimously approved. Um, by and large, all of our votes are like that. There are some split votes. There are some divisions on philosophical grounds. Mm -hmm. But more often than the case, there's an affirmation for the general... <coughs> theory, the general practice of trying to make government efficient, accessible, and open. And I'm just thrilled to be part of that. Well, and debate is healthy. Absolutely. It, it does not have to be divisive. Absolutely. Debate is healthy. No, and, and in fact, I think one thing that uh, Jeremy uh, championed, and I've been involved in this effort for a number of years, it's controversial, I know, but the idea of letting people who are undocumented have what's called driver cards. With a driver card that are issued in 16 states now, uh, a person goes through the process of uh, learning how to drive, following the rules of the road, and then they get this driver card and it enables them to go to work, go to school, go shopping. That's been endorsed by the Chamber of Commerce. It's been endorsed by the insurance agency. It's been endorsed by law enforcement because it allows law enforcement to know that if there's an accident, the person is most likely insured, they'll know who it is. If they're a victim of crime or a suspect of crime, they'll be able to identify that person. That measure has been controversial in many places in the country, including last week in Elkhart. Mm -hmm. It passed unanimously 
by the Goshen well, City, and, City and Council. One tip of the cap that I think we'd give there is that, you know, nobody, Blake Dorio wears his conservative oh, credentials like a badge. We and, all know and he, that. And, he and did he's most carrying recent, this bill. Right. Yeah. And he did most recently on the vote on abortion. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He's, he's, he is conservative. Mm-hmm. But we see common ground. And I remember when I first took a group of students to go to, to the Capitol, Latinos, mm-hmm. who were asking him to consider this. He was very skeptical about it. But there was one thing about Blake that I so admired. He said, my kids have Latino friends, and they talk about their struggles. So I'm becoming more sensitive to them. And to his great credit, he went from, a, to, um, from an opponent and skeptic to a strong supporter. And he's been going all over the state evangelizing for this. Well, and that's one of the things that I think probably is to his credit. I think Blake is a great listener. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I really think that's probably his, his best attribute. Your and I think, and I think, and I think it's because he remembers his roots. Yeah, he's rooted in community and rooted in the jobs he had. I think you're right. Another another attribute that I think is admirable is collaboration, coaching. That seems to be from everybody that I've talked with, Richard, that you bring to the city clerk's office. You are you are much more of a coach than you are a manager. I think public service is a responsibility, and I think public service only su- succeeds when teams of people. And be focused on a mission and focused on providing the best service that they can. And the only way to do that is to show your willingness to actually go in and do the work, but to empower others to do their best work. So when I came to the office, I didn't assume anybody was anything other than competent. They were there for a reason, and I've taken people as I've found them. So I have folks in my office who are, and will tell me they are politically conservative, but when we do our work, we don't do it as a Democrat or Republican. We do our work to better serve the public. And so I want to empower those people. I'm proud that in the last year, all of my staff members have had significant training opportunities because mm. I think that's another way to help people advance and to build a strong team as you give them the ability to continue to learn on the job. Oh, and that's the educator in you coming out. Well, well. <laughs> that's, that's what I've always liked about it. I mean, that's one of the main reasons besides wanting to serve the public is I wanted to continue to learn things, develop myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a strong basis for being clerk treasurer, having been a, a manager, managing budgets, uh, written many grants. Um, a lot of the key functions uh, I was already aware, familiar with, but there are lots of things I've learned. And um, some of the unusual responsibilities of the office include the fact that I serve on the police pension board, so I help mm-hmm. hire and screen police officers um, I sign the deeds or certificates for cemetery plots, mm. and I have the ability to marry people, and I almost did about two weeks ago. All right. And, and I'm looking forward to that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I want to wrap up by looking at this. Um, it's two years from now, but you, if you choose to remain in this office, you will be on the ballot. I, yes. How important it is to you in these next two years that you make sure that you empower, that you help educate and recruit how important it is to bring more Latinos onto the ballot so that you and Gilberto are not alone? It's, it's a natural progression and one that I think will happen as members of the Latino community become more embedded in the community. One of the things I feel very strongly about is Latino community has, has the ability to succeed in any field, but the true measure will become when they will become philanthropists, when they will be giving back service to the community, and you see that happening now. Those who are going to have these positions of responsibility will, will have them because they will be earned. 
And they'll be earned from the work that they do, the education and background they have, and their willingness to give back to the community. Mm. So it's in giving that you receive. I'm a person of faith. I know that you're a person of faith. Mm -hmm. And you believe that same ethic, that in serving you receive. And when you see more Latinos, and that's happening now, giving back philanthropically in their time to, to the entire community, you'll see that progression because people will recognize them as not Latinos, but as members of the community who are giving back, who are contributing, and will say that person that wants to serve in the public, uh, to the public as an elected official, let's give them a chance. And as that track develops, um, we'll have a community that will be stronger because of it. Terrific. Richard, we opened the program by saying a year goes fast. Boy, 15 minutes goes even faster. It does. Got to have does. you come back sometime and, and talk a little bit more about city government. But uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank and you. thank you for your service to the community. Thank you. Thank you, Vince, for your service. This is Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner. <laughs>